Hey everyone, welcome or welcome back to the Quaybog Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, take a moment to subscribe to our YouTube channel or check us out on Facebook. That way you'll have access to fresh content every week. But most importantly, we hope the following message inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey because our mission here at Quaybog is to help you worship, connect, and serve. Enjoy! Well, hello, Pastor Kyle here, checking in midweek for a follow-up on Genesis chapters or chapter one, one through five, and uh, I got uh, a couple questions that people uh, either came up to me on Sunday about, or they came up, or they they uh, used our texting service to text me a question, and again. If you've got uh, questions uh, that you want answered or ideas that you want wrestled with a little bit more that I can't get to on Sunday, make sure you text us um, at this number, right? And we'll also put it in the description as well so that you have it. Um, But there's some ideas that I wanted to cover uh, that I think are interesting and important, and some of them are just relevant to what's on the news recently. Um, First, because it's interesting, uh, what about aliens, right? So this, we've been seeing all kinds of stuff on the news lately about these alien sightings or, you know, these UFO sightings and what could they be? And the Pentagon is being so secretive and all this. Um, and while it's, it's very interesting, it's hard to say um, biblically if there is life on other planets. So here's basically what, uh, what we got. Um, the idea that God created this entire universe and put only us in it isn't demanded by scripture. Um, There could be creations on other planets, certainly. Um, But does that mean one thing is like, does that mean they're smart enough to get here? You know, that's, that's always a good question to ask. Uh, Two, Christians have wondered, well, well, if there are, uh, do, do they have souls? Like, is there eternity for them? Again, it's pure speculation to answer one way or another. Um, what I would say is uh, there are a couple things I guess we can think about with this. Um, God's plan all the way to the end, what God has given us in scripture, Old Testament and new, never includes an alien takeover. <laughs> it never includes something that's going to look like what Independence Day gives us. If you've ever seen that movie, and if you haven't, you should, because obviously it's historically accurate, um, but it's an awesome movie. Um, but there, there's just not a lot in scripture that would that would lead us to believe that, that there's going to be some kind of thing that we need to be worried or scared about when it comes to aliens. So I don't know, just to maybe put that part to rest, that fear to rest. Um, but theologically, what is tricky about the idea of aliens and, and having souls? So I remember having a uh, talk with somebody a while back. I don't even remember who it was, but they asked, you know, well, if there was, does that mean that Jesus had to then go there and die? for their sins and for every <clears throat> group of created people or beings with souls, did he just have to keep bouncing around the universe and dying over and over and over again? And, you know, when the Bible says once for all kind of thing, it's like, well, does that just apply once for all for us? Or, you know, so there are some tricky theological questions I think to get into. Um, but are there, are there creatures out there? Um, maybe, Right. There could be, and I don't really have a good answer for that. I've read different things and what you know, different people think about that, um, but never really gotten a, a satisfying answer other than God cares about all his creation. 
you know, so we have that idea uh, to take out. Um, and so if there are, which why not, right? It's a very big universe. Uh, God is going to care for them just as he cared. And you see in the creation narrative that we're going to be reading the care that God took from everything, you know, from the, just the, the water and the land and the separation and then vegetation and then the animals and then, of course, people. So those are just interesting things to consider that if there are, God cares about them as well because they are created. But as far as the, the soul piece, I don't know. I don't know. What do you guys think about that? Because that's a pretty pretty interesting thought, you know, how would, how would God handle that <clears throat> if in fact that was the case, you know, that they did have souls. So I'll leave that one to you because that's just interesting speculation for me, but it's cool stuff to think about nonetheless, I guess. Um, <clears throat> then there's like some things that we talked about on Sunday that people have asked um, repeatedly about is again, that Yom thing, the, the day thing and uh, what exactly that means. And then also what does it mean the the phrase there was evening and then there was morning so i think one thing you have to consider when it comes to all that stuff is that you got to remember their jewish days were reckoned starting with the evening so when something there was evening that doesn't carry the same weight as it does for us so when we're like oh yeah we think of the evening we think of something as ending whereas in ancient Jewish thought, they, that was when something began, right? Their feasts and festivals began in the evening. Their day began in the evening. Their fasts that they would do would begin at sundown and go to the next day at sundown, right? And so things were beginning in, uh, in the evening. And again, that's just a different way of thinking for us because we don't talk that way, right? We think sun up to sundown, or we think maybe even you know, a whole day, a 24 hour day would be in our minds, like either midnight or midnight, or some people it's like sun up to sun up, you know? So I think that's one thing it, culturally and contextually you want to, you want to think about when you have th this time stamp, uh, in the, in or the early Genesis accounts. Now, something else as well, some people, I mentioned it on Sunday, but some people have said when you have Yom, it's, it always says it's 24 hours, but Again, just contextually speaking, that's not true. And uh, Genesis 1 verse 5, the very first time that Yom is used, it's just talking about light. And again, it's it, even saying daylight is a little misleading because, we again, we think of that reckon based on the sun. But in that early account, you're not seeing the sun yet, right? We're not there. We'll get there uh, next weekend, I think, talking about the sun, the introduction of the sun. But um, we want to remember what is God saying about himself um, is, is a 24-hour day absolutely necessary? Well, it could be. Of course, God can do it every once. But if, in fact, and it seems that this is the case, the sun and the moon weren't there until day four, 24 hours isn't a thing. Because remember, 24 hours is just here on earth right? That's just based because of where we are in our solar system. But if this was Jupiter, uh, it would be a different time frame. So time, again, in a, in a relevant matter, uh, especially if the sun and the moon aren't there. And then another thing to think about with the yom and with the evening and then morning is that day seven never ends. So if you read day seven, um, you're not going to see that phrase, there was evening and there was morning. So the idea was that there, there was no completion to that, right? And so at least that one day doesn't need the 24-hour timestamp. So we don't really need to shove that on the other days as well. Like there's no need to have to do that. 
But again, could there be six literal 24 hour days? Um, yeah, there could be, um, but it's not necessary for the text is all that I'm, I'm saying. And there's, I hope on Sunday you got a flavor. And if you didn't watch the sermon on Sunday, I don't know what I'm talking about. Check out that uh, Let There Be Light sermon, um, because I just want us to wrestle with what have Christians and Christianity been saying and thinking for 2000 years? Because some really brilliant people throughout history uh, have come up with different ideas on how to interpret these early chapters of the Bible, these early verses of the Bible. So my my encouragement for us on Sunday and today for you is to, when it comes to this kind of stuff, this is not what our faith is built on. You know, this is not where everything boils down for us. Uh, when we look at this, what we need to ask is, what is this saying about God? And we also need to stay curious about what it's actually saying and we need to stay humble with whatever viewpoint that we have. I think that's the really the incredibly important thing to do in life, but especially with these verses here, because if we want to die one way or the other, like oh no, it's you know it's millions and millions of years, or no, it's only twenty four hours. It's like we're missing the point of what God said, and we're, like, we're totally missing the power of these verses of how God is revealing Himself. Because you got to remember, this is this is early on, and God is one hundred percent saying, okay, Moses and Israel and the world, here's my introduction of myself. So we need to ask, be asking a lot bigger questions, a lot deeper questions about these, uh, these verses here. Um, let's see. So what was the, uh, what was something else here? Um, oh yeah. So the difference between verse one and verse two in Genesis, and then how that relates differently to the rest of the book of Genesis. So just some helpful things to think about. Um, when you have verses one and two, again, there seems to be that that slight time difference, then you also have to consider a little bit later how there's this, these markings of everything that happens in the book of Genesis. And you have really, really prevalent the 10 different times, and it basically breaks Genesis into 10 different chunks. You have, this is the account of. So verse one is kind of separate from verse two and then all the way up through chapter two, verse three. And then you start to get, this is the account of. So it gives you the sense that, okay, this seems as if it's like a prologue to the book of Genesis. It's it's telling you something that is real, um, but it's still separate from how the rest of Genesis is talking, um, where it's like, this is the account again, 10 different times throughout the book of Genesis. And you can see that broken into those different chunks. So that's something interesting to consider with these opening chapters and opening verses as well as how they, they linguistically are set aside. They're, they're different from the rest of the book of Genesis. So, and just something to check into there. Uh, and then a, a different point to think about with the the yom idea to kind of circle back to that really quickly. Um, and again, this is me just kind of thinking out loud here. So forgive me if I'm not necessarily always in chronological order. Um, but some people will say, well, in Exodus 20, 11, um, it, it talks about this pattern that God created in six days and then he rested. And so therefore that's what we are supposed to do. Um, but if you want to check that out, you can see that in Exodus 20, uh, verse 11. But again, something else to consider with, with that time frame is that God has given us a model. 
right? So there's a model presented there that, that yes, God uh, created in six days and then he rested on the seventh. And so that's what we're supposed to do. But God is saying, look, you've got six days to work and then you've got a day to rest, right? Because our lives are reckoned on our trip around the sun every day, right? And there's a lot of differences too about that week. So to just to take Exodus 20 verse 11 and say, well, see, look, this is a one-to-one example that God did this and then now this. It's like, well, again, God didn't, God's week was one week and that was it. And there were no days, right? God literally made each day that it wasn't there before. And so we're, that's a huge thing to try to even wrap your mind around. It doesn't make sense because now it's like, well, yeah, the next day and the day before and today, it's like, we're just kind of spinning around the earth. It's like, literally nothing existed. And so God was making days. Um, it's just hard to wrap your mind around that. So that doesn't equate. And then that week was God's creative week where he's literally creating. Uh, and so that's not also not something that we can do. So there are a lot of pretty significant dissimilarities, I guess, if that's a word that exists between God's creative week and just our regular work week. And so I would I think about it a little bit. It's not exactly one-to-one, but I think a little bit about Jesus' prayer and you know how to pray, the Lord's prayer or the disciples' prayer in Matthew 6. He says, I want you to pray like this, right? He gave us a model for prayer. Uh, we don't need to just say that as a rote prayer. There's nothing special about just repeating those words. He's saying, this is a model for you. When they asked how to pray, he said, this is, this is how you do it. And um, so what God has done there is given us a model um, to follow in our work and rest pattern. So again, kind of an interesting thing on, on the Yom idea uh, to think about. Uh, and then also, uh, lastly, if you're interested in getting a little bit, well, no, a lot more nerdy, uh, I have a seminary paper that I'll attach uh, on something called creation ex nihilo or creatio ex nihilo. Um, that's a Latin phrase that just means, again, creation out of nothing. And it's an important biblical idea and it's one that there's been, again, like many other ideas in Christianity, there's been a lot of back and forth argument about, but I do think that um, that shows the power of God because there's some people that view matter still kind of is eternal, that God, that matter ex- kind, of, kind of coexisted eternally with God or that like with panentheism that God, that creation is just kind of emanating from God. And, um, and there's a lot of different ways people have wrestled with this, but the one I believe scripture is talking about in Genesis one, one is that there was literally nothing and that God created everything out of nothing. And I think that says important things about him, right? It says that he is like, I've said for a couple weeks now, he's outside of time and space. That's a big one. He's outside of uh, creation, like matter, right? Third, he has the power to create and these are very, you know, you're stepping into God's space here. This is like very hard to wrap your mind around kind of stuff. And then not only what is he, was he powerful enough, but fourthly, and I don't, maybe not most importantly, but really important is that he had the will to create, right? He wanted to do that. Uh, it's not like the universe and this, you know, this power and this energy that doesn't have any power. It doesn't have any will when people, oh, the universe told me, the universe didn't say anything, you know, that's not how that works. Um, and so for a Christian, you shouldn't be saying things like that. The universe didn't tell you to do anything, right? If you believe in a creator God, you believe that he put those things in order. So to say the universe said to me is like saying, oh, this tree said to me, 
tree didn't say anything to you, right? Those are just creations of God. And so we need to really make sure we're looking past that, uh, the creation and to the creator. Because what Paul, the apostle Paul would say in Romans 1 uh, is he's presenting this issue that's happened where people are now, they're turning from the creator and they're looking to the creation and they're worshiping creation. And that's kind of like what that phrase is doing um, to say that I'm going to turn to the moon and the stars and astrology and, you know, the energy of the universe. Like, you know, those are very unbiblical, ungodly things. uh, And that's not okay with God. So this idea of God creating everything out of nothing puts him as the sole power uh, responsible for everything. And as Christians, or if you're somebody that's like, what what does Christianity believe? It's like, no, my total loyalty is going to be in that creator God, the one that has the power to do that outside time, space, matter, energy, everything. He's outside of all that. And he wants, he has the will to create. And because of that, it's directed. It's intentional as are we, right? We are intentional. And so when God starts naming everything in the universe, he's like, you know, I own these things. And here's value, here's purpose, here's meaning to everything that he created. And so when you see ultimately chapter one of Genesis verse 27, he's naming people, right? He's like, they're made in my image or interestingly, our image. And so um, just so much importance in knowing that the power of God and who he is and where our loyalties should be if we really do believe in him we need to say, okay, that's, that's who's responsible for that. Right. But I'll touch that paper. Uh, it, and again, it's pretty nerdy and it's not something that's necessarily just like a, a breezy read, but it does present you if you want a, a little bit deeper dive into this creation out of nothing idea. Uh, again, it's something I had to write for seminary, but I, it's, it's still, I just read over it and I was like, yeah, it's like, it's pretty good still. I'll still agree with that. Right. Um, I put it out there into the world and, um, and it's, uh, it's based on a lot of what other people have said and, and done over the years with this idea of God creating uh, everything out of nothing. So maybe it'll prove helpful for you if you're nerdy like that and you want to take a little bit deeper dive. But uh, I encourage you though, to continue to ask questions. Uh, send them in and uh, and I will try and hit them up. You know, I will try to answer some of these things like uh, the, the alien thing, right? Because again, that's all over the news and people are asking me about it. Um, and then the, the Yom thing, because there's a lot of confusion around that. And then the evening and morning thing, right? People have asked questions about that. Um, and then does it have to be 24 hours? Does it have to be billions of years? It could be, right? But that's not what our faith rests on, right? We don't need to, we don't need to die, to die on that hill, so to speak. Um, but if you're, uh, if you're enjoying these things, again, um, text us, right? Let us know what other questions you have. Because for me, this is kind of cool to be able to hit uh, some of these little details a little bit deeper uh, midweek, I think is a fun thing. And it just, and again, it connects us. It allows us to have a, a little bit more of a conversation. And then uh, if this is something that is blessing you or is interesting to you, like it and share it, that helps us just touch more people and reach more people with uh, the truth of Christ and the truth of what's in the Bible, because there's a lot of cool stuff in there, especially in the book of Genesis. Um, also want to ask for prayer for from you, if you could. So Sunday was our first, um, May 7th was our first time we went to three services, and it was a great Sunday. It was an awesome start to a brand new journey. So if you're watching this, I don't know how far in the future it'll be after May 7th, 2023, but that was our launch of our first uh, time for three services. And so we're just asking people to pray for that. There's a lot of people 
that serve and give their time to that. And so we're just asking that you would pray for the process, pray that we'd be able to reach more people and love more people and connect them to more people. Uh, and that's what church really is about. It's about that, that that's just worship piece coming together. It's about people coming together and it's about service, right? Worship, connect, serve, like we always talk about here at Quaybog. But that's it for today. So hopefully I'll see you on Sunday. Uh, and then you can also check back in here online and I'll have something new every week. All right, we'll see you later. Once again, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's message, we'd love for you to subscribe to the podcast so you get notified of new content every week. Remember, we want to help you worship, connect, and serve. So if you live in the central Massachusetts area, we would love for you to engage with us on Sundays. For more information, service times, and details about our children's and youth ministries, visit us at quaybogchurch.org. Have a blessed week.